Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. It is December, and December is like this glorious time where in theory everything gets darker and in theory quieter, but actually it seems like our society gets all like hyped up as we go into our, our festive rollout of events and parties and things. And so what we wanted to talk about today was finding, I guess, peace and presence in and amongst a time of year that can be really chaotic and sometimes overwhelming. Yeah. Is that a good summary of kind of what we wanted to do today? Yeah. And I like even that you're sick to kick it off. (laughs) People get sick around this time because we're so stressed out. Exactly. My body's like, listen, you're going to rest, bitch. You are going to (laughs) rest. And you're going to stay inside. I'm actually so disappointed, though, because I had uh, like a holiday party to go to that I was just so looking forward to. And then, you know, in a post COVID world, you, you get a cold, you're a leper. You like, yeah. You can't. So here I am sending my husband and my son who's like, bye. Love oh. you. <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> totally. Yeah, definitely. I think that I've been thinking a lot about what it was like back when you'd still have a cold and go to places and no <laughs> one cared this, this day and age, your, your invitation self-destructs. It's it, seriously though, because I feel like the level of sick I am, cause I'm, I'm not that bad. I feel mm. fine. Just blowing my nose quite a bit. And I sound a little congested, but I feel pretty good. And I think under, yeah, like in a pre COVID, I think I would have went, I would just been like, Oh, well, say la vie. And I probably, cause I was, I've always been germ aware. So I probably would have brought hand sanitizer and been mindful about washing my hands and, you know, not sharing things with people. Like I would have had mindfulness, but I definitely would probably still have gone versus now I'm like canceling clients and, um, and yeah, I can't, I can't go to work and I can't go to this thing. And anyways, it's funny, but I digress. Let's, let's, let's not have a COVID chat. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about like Christmas and Yule yeah. and Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and everything that's kind of going on right now. And we'll like, we'll probably use the word Christmas because I think all three of us are in that so realm celebrated. and maybe welcoming the idea of Yule and, um, this year too, but I think we'll, if we use the word Christmas, just replace it with anything that doesn't, uh, or anything that fits better for you. But we are just talking about generally the holidays and, and that. And even just family get togethers. <laughs> totally. And the parties, like, cause, uh, yeah, there is together. more, uh, activity going on, which actually honestly feels like quite nice. Like, I think that's maybe the difference of this year for me is that in past years, Christmas has felt chaotic, but this year, I think I feel so deprived of that connection and that, that like, you know, community that I've actually was really like looking, I've been looking forward to gatherings this year. Whereas maybe in other years I've been more like, Oh, this feels like a lot or, you know, whatever this year I had a slightly different attitude towards it, but I think I did overserve myself. Cause yeah, here I am sick. And I, I know I put a little bit too much on my plate the last little while, but Jen, I thought I had a good idea. So you wanted to talk about boundaries and holiday times. And I would love to hear about that because I think that's uh, pretty vital. I think so too. I think it's like uncomfortable if we're honest. The biggest thing that has come up for me around holidays for the last like 
three to four years. It probably started four years ago and it's just kind of like built and built and built on itself, but not in a negative way around boundaries with holidays and how much we do things because we think we should or because generations have before us have done them this way or like I just think so much comes up for so many people. I've had so many conversations with friends and family and clients, all of it around what we should do for the holidays. And usually I think it's our parents or our in-laws that kind of get that ball rolling. And for my own self, four years ago, we had an opportunity to stay home Christmas morning with our kids and then go for Christmas supper because Blake's family lived close by. And it was my favorite Christmas ever. And then when I introduced that to my family, because then the next Christmas we lived here, it was not received openly. (laughs) And it was very hurtful holiday on many different sides because I was saying what I desired to experience during the holidays. And it wasn't what traditionally has happened in my family for generations and generations. And so a lot of people took it quite personal, which it was nothing. It actually had nothing to do with them. It was all about me and just like the experience that I actually desired. If I was honest, rather than just being like, well, I should do this or I should do that, or this is what has always occurred. So it needs to be this way all of the time. And just kind of like, saying like just getting really honest with myself of like if nobody's feelings were heard on the other side what do I actually desire this experience to look like what do I want to look back and remember these experiences as and it's really shifted the way that we celebrate holidays but it's been a lot of tough conversations with a lot of family members if I'm honest because they just don't understand where we're coming from and that's okay they don't have to I had my mom hurt my feelings (laughs) so the same thing I just uh my mom has always just kind of done whatever we asked her to do and so she's always been there but now she has a partner who we love and I'm so excited for her and the feelings were briefly hurt I I logicized myself out of it But I sent her a message at the end of November and I was like, we're having our dinner on Christmas Eve. And she replied back so quickly, I'm going to Tony's. And I was like, oh, oh my God, (laughs) I felt so betrayed. I literally felt like she was saying she didn't love me anymore. And I had to sit there and think about it. And he's got quite a few kids. So it, it is hard. I know firsthand it's hard when things start to shift. And Last year we had like on the uh, boys dad side, in addition to the family that changed things for us a little bit. And I didn't get to see them until well later into the day. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good handover at the end of it. It was a lot of drama and it's something that we're kind of getting used to now, but uh, yeah, this it's, we've, we've gone through some significant changes. So my mom, you know, doing her own thing this year. And even when I told my brother, he was like, well, the boys are going to be asking where grandma is on Christmas Eve because she used to sleep over too. And so now she won't, but yeah, it is. It's a tough transition when you are 
used to certain things. So I empathize with you. I empathize with your parents and it's hard. Christmas is a hard time. It's so, so hard. Yeah. So what did you guys do? Like, I feel like I, I figured it out. We, we've figured it out in our heads, but what did you guys do to neutralize that charge that is around changing up tradition? just a reminder of how much I love them. Mm. I think, and I think that's it's important <laughs> because even as you're talking, right, it's the same, but opposite in a way. And I found myself like getting defensive of like, but this is like, do you know how hard this is to, for me to say to you? <laughs> do you know how hard it is to say? And I was going into like that little child spot of like, I wanted to stomp my feet and be like, just because what you want isn't what I want. And then coming back to the place of love of like, this isn't anything to do with me not loving somebody or enjoying somebody's presence or enjoying having family together at the holidays. But I've also now been able to experience what it's like to have family close by and not have to, like, because it was always just a big thing. We lived nine hours apart. I'd come for a week every Christmas or they'd all come to me for a week at Christmas. And so it is just so different there and just reframing the belief around the love piece is something that I have to go back to as soon as I start to get defensive, I think is the best word for it. <laughs> Cause I like get a little bit like, Ooh, I will just puff up my chest and I will stand my boundaries. Cause I think that we do that all with all of our boundaries where we like we're starting to set them and then we swing too far <laughs> the other way. And then it's like not good for anybody either. And so just like remembering that there's a middle ground has been huge. Yeah, that's that's kind of a cool um, observation that we can get really hard into our boundaries and then we close off our ears. I had that happen to me this summer with someone so I know what that's like to be on the other side of that too. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm the bad guy in every situation in this conversation today. No, I think this is, I think this is perfect. And this is beautiful because we have two like equal and opposite scenarios going on. And then we have like tools to manage each and both sides. And I, yeah. I just feel like this is like poetic, you guys, like this is perfect <laughs> because it's basically going like, like this holiday season or any other holiday season, you're either going to be on one of these two sides. You're either going to be having to step into a bit of bravery, maybe draw a line to like, kind of, you know, stay, you want something done a different way, knowing it's going to make someone you love uncomfortable and then have to hold that without harshness or without rigidity. And then, or you're going to be the person who's being told something is going to get done differently and have to manage your feelings around that, um, honoring the boundary while also being able to like, look for compromise or, um, like put forward different ideas. Like, I feel like they, you guys are just like having this wonderful poetic conversation about how, how you can each show up. And like, I think even what you said in response, Mel also made Jen go, oh yeah. And she, cause she went, she took a more accountability the second go around because she was like, oh yeah, I could see how you would feel that way. And I've maybe also been in a position where I was like, uh, now hearing that other side of it, I noticed these habits or this thing that I did that I could do differently 
moving forward kind of thing. I don't know. I just think this is beautiful. 100%. 100%. I think it's perfect because I think that does happen with anything that changes in any relationship dynamics, to be honest, not even just family, but friends and stuff too. And I think it's important, like really the ultimate goal is to be able to hold space for that from a place of neutrality without defensiveness or victimness <laughs> on the other side. Like it just hold a neutral space of love as cheesy as that sounds when setting boundaries. I think like this is I'll be accountable here is like for me when I've held boundaries, for instance, because like usually when once we've gotten to a place where we've learned to set boundaries, this came from a place where we had to learn to set boundaries, a.k.a. we sucked at it, a.k.a. we let them fall or we were floundery with them or whatever. And I almost think you when you start to get more comfortable with boundary drawing, you can overcompensate by drawing hard lines. And it's like you will do as I say, because I have said it like you kind of you can get into that space with things. And I say this from like I do this, have done this like probably we'll do it again (laughs) and and it's like okay yeah like it's acknowledging that there is like uh, there is like an interesting like middle ground or place where you can set a boundary yeah with respect with compassion with love with all all of that and then maybe having the self-awareness to go Oh yeah, I kind of we came in uh, came in on that a little hot, like it was a little a little harsh or a little extra or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's uh, like it. So it is it, but it is it's it's a tricky dynamic. I think like I think something I realized and my situation is quite a bit different than both of those because mine's actually with my husband, like how my husband would like to spend uh, Halloween. (laughs) You tell my favorite holiday. Okay. Uh, Christmas versus um, some desires I have around Christmas. So I, I love being around family for Christmas. Um, But as a kid growing up, we always, always had some sort of like family Christmas or was, you know, and we had one Christmas and I actually think it was weather related that we kind of like got snowed in or something. And it was the only Christmas I ever had growing up where it was just my family, like just my immediate family. And it was my favorite Christmas. And it was probably my favorite Christmas because it was different, right? Like it was just, we'd never done it before, but it, it sort of highlighted to me that I want to make sure that every now and then we have a Christmas where it's just us. And I don't think it needs to be every year, but I'd like to, for it to be some years. And I meet resistance with my husband on those things because he's like, well, no, Christmas is when you get together with family. And he's very like traditional based, like very like it, the way it was done is the way it is done. Um, and he like, uh, he, he does have some, openness and adaptation to shifts and changes of course like but I just find him to be uh like less creative in that sense like um the new things are usually I'm I'm spearheading those like shifts and changes kind of thing so uh I feel like the thing that you know we'll be like collaborating on over the years to come is like me kind of showing him like well our family like that we're building is our family now. Like, cause you know, of course he associates Christmas with his nostalgia and his family and his sisters and his dad. And like, that's kind of how he thinks is that we all be together. And I'm trying to be like, 
but our family is the all together now like that's so everybody else is extra and it's beautiful but i think what i've resigned to is that when we have these big Christmases, because this year uh, we've invited everyone over to our house and I'm really looking forward to it. And I think that that's been my thing is like, when we do big Christmas, let's do it. Like, let's go for it. Let's like be happy, be open to it. Um, know that it's going to go well. Cause I can get really overwhelmed around a lot of people, especially when there's a lot of people around for a long time. Um, but it's like, you know what? Nope. Just, just go all in and like roll with that and accept that. And then you know, when the year comes where it's like, Hey, this year I'd like a quiet Christmas, then hopefully, you know, I'm met with, okay, like, yes, I can get on board and I can roll with that. And I can kind of, so I'm trying to like, I guess, meet the energy with the energy I desire in that equal and opposite way. If that makes sense, like bring into that big Christmas, like with like a full heart and enthusiasm and joy. And hopefully I will, you know, when I propose like something that I desire to fill my own cup, that that will be met with equal enthusiasm and joy and support. So, um, again, it doesn't really add anything on the boundaries conversation, but, uh, maybe just a reframe of mindset that if we can like, maybe that's like more of a, uh, a mechanism for managing receiving a shift like is just to to like roll into that shift with enthusiasm and just kind of see how it happens and because I feel like most of our anxiety around shifting comes around our creation of what we expect like or what we think will happen it's like, well I don't want that change because I'll be overwhelmed or I don't want this to happen because I'll be disappointed or I'll be sad or this will happen but it's like that hasn't even happened yet so if we like just went in going like, oh, this year's different, um, interesting. Okay. Well, and then you bring in your best self and then just trust that in the moment you will be able to, um, acclimatize to the situation as it unfolds. I wonder if that would be like a, you know, a fairly different experience. Because, and it comes back to how we were talking at the very beginning before we even push record, I think about how can you be present in the time? And to me, that's what I want to experience the most. So I'm super blessed that I can have the quiet Christmas morning and then I can have the massive festivities later in the day. And that lights me up to be able to be present in both those moments. Whereas if I just had the festivities the whole time, like I have done for I'm 38, I think I did it 36 times in my lifetime that gets overwhelming to me. I am not present because I'm so busy trying to regulate my nervous system with all of the people and all of the things and all of the cooking and all of the presence and the noises and all of the visiting and like all of it that I'm not able to be present. Whereas if I have like pockets throughout and I'm like this every day, not just Christmas, but if I can have pockets throughout my day and know that there's going to be a pocket at least I have to know when the next pocket's going to be where I can be fully present in quiet I call it chillness like I just, it doesn't my kids can be loud and crazy and stuff but it's still like a quiet chillness to me it's just different I can receive and be present in that moment with the large groups so much easier and I have so much more joy in those times because of it it's similar to like we went to Saskatchewan this summer and we rented a camper. So we had a home base. And so I had all this quiet, whereas we have like 
I don't know if I listed probably a hundred people we like to see when we go to Saskatchewan, which is a lot <laughs> and it gets busy and I don't want to jump around. But if I have like pockets of quiet that I know I have a safe place essentially is what it is to go back to of my own, then I can be present in a different way. Would you classify yourself? And I know that from the outside looking in, you don't look like this, but would you classify yourself as an introvert? I mean, I would say I'm like the combo. So in human design, I'm actually a four, two, which is like that. Mm -hmm. I get, I love being extroverted and I love being introverted. So Mm -hmm. I love both of it, but I cannot be one or the other for long periods of time without going batshit crazy, to be honest. I can be. So for me, I I think that my true natural state is introvert, but I do love to be an extrovert, but it takes a lot of energy for me to do that. I I really put in a lot of energy to um, sharing myself with people and sharing my energy with people. So after that, I have to like, I, like you said, you have to know when the next pocket comes in. That's what made me think, oh, there's something going on here energy wise. We have to secure that space in order to just have, and I'm I'm reading a book too about the way that the the mind thinks. And for those people who feel very deeply, you need to have that alone time to just feel your body where there's no other energies coming in. It just is you, your breath, your body, whether that's a movement practice or just a meditation or a breathing exercise it's so important. And I think that we often overlook that. And we think that we, uh, society's conditioned us to be soldiers. And to be extroverts. If I'm totally honest, I don't believe anybody is a full extrovert. I think you've just been conditioned to believe that that brings you joy. We could do a whole podcast about that, but I think it's just a conditioning that happens over time, thinking that we are want to be extroverted where I think that everybody has a bit of an introvert in them at times. And it's like, there's seasons of it and like all of this, right? Of course, but we're not meant to be on energetically full, like full volume all of the time. We're just not meant to be that way. Some people will say, in my opinion, that I have watched and analyzed. I just find it so fascinating. The people that say that they're full extroverts don't want to deal with what their body feels like or what the deeper picture is going on or to have time to think about things that are uncomfortable to think about. So there's avoidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. I want to push back on that just because like this is this is I, I want to push back on do. it too. Yeah, but, uh, I you can I, I would argue it on both on both sides on because uh, I also feel like nobody is like an introvert or extrovert. Like, I feel like that's just been a weird like we just like to categorize things. Yeah. Like we like archetypes. We like to define things. So that's what we do. So I don't really know that it's full, but I actually think that avoidance can come in both those introverted and extroverted tendencies. So yes, we can go out and socialize and that's avoiding something, but I've also seen people do the opposite where they don't go out and they don't go with people and they don't go in those situations and feel attack form of avoidance. (laughs) Sorry, Mel, it's just like, we're just call You're just getting the whole call out this episode. (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah that's what I've noticed in in certain and especially I feel like this last like year or two has really highlighted certain 
aspects of of these qualities or whatever like it's just like people who for instance like they're like I have no interest to go out and be social and that makes me go like really like after two years of not being so you have no interest in going out to be social like why not what what vulnerabilities is that like you know like pushing back on for you or and and my husband and I we went to a wedding uh, recently and it was it was amazing I loved it because it's actually the first like larger social event I've been to in in probably two years and um and he's like I was a little awkward and I and my husband is very like would be on the dominant extrovert side aka I'm usually the awkward one in social situations and I so I go out knowing I'm awkward like it's like yes I will be saying dumb stuff and I will uh, <laughs> not know how to make small talk and uh, there will be awkward silences and now what I do is I speak to them I go you know what sorry I'm awkward and that's why this weirdness is occurring yeah. it's I not actually, you it's me yeah <laughs> and I'll just call it out now because and honestly that does ease it usually and creates like some dialogue which is again then it makes the whole conversation more easeful but yeah my husband on the way back he's like I was kind of awkward and I was like oh interesting well that's cool like you know just some new experiences that we we had and he's like I think if I could have drank my face off I'd have been fine but uh you know he he didn't and um and we're I out thought, of social practice. That that's what we're I mean. Out of so it's a vulnerability to like have to go out and say something that's awkward and screw up, right? Like none of and, us like to mess up. So it's like, what, like you know, what is that pushing on? Anyway, so I would just say that that shows up in both the introvert, both extrovert, yeah, types. Even if it's even if it's not the awkwardness, I think that as humans, we naturally start to establish like a baseline, which we refer to as habits of what we do in every day. And it's hard to get out of that rut too. Like it is really hard to be all of a sudden social. And, you know, I don't know if my nervous system can take another pivot to be like even planning things I notice I'm really hesitant to plan now and coming up to bigger seasons and that is like, I don't want to get my hopes up because things just have to pivot or shift or this is canceled or that's not there. So I think that there's still a lot of people hesitant to pull the trigger or, you know, there is still like that. I don't know if I can stand another hope crush. I don't know if my nervous system can take another pivot. So for me, like for me, I was being the her like Tanya was basically speaking to me when she said there are the people who hide in their homes. That's me. But then I started to come out and it was beautiful and wonderful, but I needed to do it in my own time. And I don't know what changed it, but one morning while I did pray one night, I said, am I in a depression, God? <laughs> and what can I do about it? And there was no answer back. But the next morning I woke up and I was like, Hey, do you want to hang out to Tanya? And she was like, what? And then I went to her house and I stayed for like three hours and she's like, you really surprised me. <laughs> so <laughs> it does change, but it just, yeah, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. If that's you, we are, there is a lot going on. And if this is something that you're in right now, don't feel like you have to push yourself out of it sooner than needs to be, because it is like the seed analogy, right? There is still some growth happening. You just haven't got out your door yet. Uh, so what what tools or 
either what have you done in the past or what tools do we have that we could offer as like, because if we're going back to like this holiday season, I think all of this is super relevant to the holiday season, right? The avoidance of people, the boundary drawing, the like, like going out and going all in. But what would we say is like, I, th- I feel like what we're basically doing is we're asking ourselves to be really attuned and aligned to our inner self, AKA being aware of when we're avoiding um, and not to necessarily just go out and like go, well, I'm avoiding this. So I best go do it. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think it's that cut and dry, but what kinds of things could we do to support ourselves to be more aligned within ourselves so that when we're going into our holiday season, that we're doing it in alignment with self, which I feel like, is then going to give us that holiday experience where we are fulfilled, we're happy, we're enjoying that experience, and we're feeling balanced and present within that experience. I know for me, moving my body, my physical body, because I can get so heady, I can stay up in my head forever. If I integrate a physical movement practice at least five times a week, whether it's even just five to 10 minutes, but it's intentional movement practice coming back to my body really takes me home, um, to a place of rest and recovery. And it, it softens my exterior enough to want to invite other people in. So I do think that me finding my yoga practice again has kind of changed things and prayer prayer for me. Mm-hmm. That sounds really, oh, sorry. I, I'm just quick. It just sounds really grounding. Mm-hmm. It is. I just got I, home from it. <laughs> ask myself two questions. And the first one is, is this a full fuck? Yes. And if it is, then I'm in, if it's like, mm, not, if it's not a full fuck, yes, then it's a no for now. And that can be changed in an hour or the next day or whenever it changes. But I think this also comes into human design with people because some people will have an emotional wave and they can actually make a decision uh, without sitting in it for a little bit of time. Whereas people that are like a sacral authority, like I know it in my body, what it feels like very quickly. But the other one is if it's like a no, not right now, then I go is this a should? Like, am I just doing this because I think I should do this or there's disappointment for me or somebody else on the other side or where am I adding the should in here? And if I'm doing something for a should, I really take time to just sit in it of like, doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it. Like, it's kind of like how we were talking about boundaries of like, it doesn't have to be that harsh. Yeah. (laughs) Just means I need an awareness about why I think I should have to do that for somebody else if it doesn't feel great for me. And how can I shift that? What if, Jen, what if you are uh, a hell no and Blake is a fuck yeah? What do you do then? Yeah, what do you do? Because that's like me, me like, and my husband. Yeah, me and Jai too, because he's more of an extrovert than me. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like I'm I'm steady here. Just leave me be. But um, yeah, I noticed it, we're always in this paradoxical situation, right? Where one is the yes and the other is the no. Um, for me, a lot of the times I get my way just because I, I, uh, I'm a lot 
stronger personality <laughs> and uh, he likes he's, he's a Libra he's a peacekeeper so for me I uh, I get my own way a lot of times but it doesn't go without me noticing that he's not getting his own way I do still notice that so what do you guys do when it comes to that does he have permission to do it without you Nah, he wouldn't though like but he he's not, not all, he's all you. in or, or out pardon that's not your issue that's his yeah. thing too depending on like it's so circumstantial like that sounds so light but I think I think some men my husband included marry or partner with even just a partner period that one is a little bit more dominant than the other one in certain areas and in different areas I think that yin yang comes into effect to be perfectly honest but for mine like if Blake really wanted to do something go do it he wouldn't do it for like the longest time but we really had to work on that with him too of like me giving like extra permission like if you really want to do that absolutely go do that and then like I think there's also compromise in there sometimes because it's not always going to be like well what I say is goes I don't want to be in that relationship (laughs) yeah yeah well Thank God that Jai's a former Jehovah's Witness, so we don't have any controversies surrounding like Christmas holiday. He doesn't even know what day Christmas is. He says, <laughs> what day is Christmas? So we, we don't have that. But um, he's also very much, uh, and Bryn probably is like this too, maybe a bit where they're in a partnership. And that's like, well, this is my joy. I want to bring it with me. And your joy doesn't want to go. <laughs> I I find Bryn and I most of the time I would say uh he'll go without me if he like because that's just what we like what we do if I'm not into something he's like cool okay peace out like he he likes to go and he goes and and half the time he takes my kid which is great and then I'm like actually alone (laughs) um but I feel like he really does honor my nose. Like when it's like, I just, cause it's usually like, it doesn't come down to me, like not wanting to spend time with people. It's just more that I have not had enough time in solitude. And he, I like in a backwards way, his job is solitude. He's alone most of the time. So I feel like we generally speaking, we'll kind of get this like balance of like, yeah, I see what you need and I see what you need. Okay, cool. Uh, we will operate under that. Um, but I also feel like he, he will do a good job of, of kind of nudging me when, if I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't really want to go. Uh, he has like these moments where he kind of goes, you know, it's been a while or you haven't been the last three times or, you know, you haven't done this, or I, I think so-and-so really wants to see you um, blah, blah, blah. And, and usually that's me going, "Mm, yeah, you're probably right. Like it's, it's, it is probably time for me to like, you know, like to kind of reach out or, or, you know, get out of my little like hole that I like to like nuzzle in because it's cozy and warm and delightful. Um, but it's seduced out of the cave. Yeah. And I think likewise, I end up like, I don't want to say like less exactly, but I do think there's opportunities where I have like also gotten him to acknowledge when he needs to like set back like to like hey like you've been out a lot lately I think like a chill night at home is something that we need so there's definitely lots of like back and forth but um but for I would say for the yeah for the most part like he actually goes off without me and I stay home but I also do feel like I get my way a lot also like 
definitely happy wife, happy life is definitely a theme in our home, which I'm very grateful for. So, um, uh, yeah, he's only pushed me a couple of times where it's actually created conflict between us (laughs) and probably I was an equal participant participant in that situation. Like so hard to say, oh, yeah, right? You can't like, even get the word out. It's too hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stumbling, I'm cho- choking on that one. That yeah. One. <laughs> oh well. So I gave you guys my presents, Jen. You said if you're not a, a fuck yeah, you're a hell no. And yep. Tanya, what do you do? Mine is uh. So I have Jen's, but because I'm assuming Jen's a generator, just based on the way she's talking. Um. But mine, I'm a generator too. And then I think you're a Manny Jenny. Um, And so anyways, so I, I'm really working to align with that, like really following what, following my joy and following what's fun and following lights me up and following passion. And, and I have a caveat to it only because, you know, there's warnings when I wake up where my joy is not to be mom. (laughs) like that would not be the thing that lights me up. Now I have also noticed that I don't really just get to get out of that role or just stop doing that. Or I can't like wake up and just look at my kid and be like, you're on your own today. (laughs) So, um, I have been working with this other practice. So I would follow Jen's in that, like, yes, like follow what, your yeses are and really like, like lead with that. And then if there is something where it is kind of like, yeah, like there's kind of no way around it. Cause there are, I feel like there are some things like motherhood there, there isn't a way around it. Like you, you, yeah, I gotta wake up and be mom. So what can I do to make that fun? What can I do to make that uh, passion driven or, um, interesting? And so the perfect, I guess, example, is that um, my husband was away one weekend and when he's gone for the weekend, I find that to be uh, very noticeable just because it feels like my week or weekend or what, like I don't get a weekend. I, I did, my job just keeps going. And so then that's, you know, me quote unquote working for two weeks straight. It's, it can feel really taxing and really heavy. And so I woke up one morning and I was like, okay, like it was the weekend. I was like, what can I do to make this weekend a feel like a weekend? Like, so what's, it's going to break up our schedule. I'm going to be excited to do something with my son, not just like kind of running the day to day and that I'm not going to feel so heavy, um, by like having this on my plate. And, um, and so my son and I, I, we went swimming. And that was so fun. We had so much fun. And so I took, you know, this day, which could have been really like, I don't want to do this. I'm not feeling this. I'm not vibing on this. I, this sucks and turned it into something I could look forward to doing with him. And we did go out and yeah, it was a great time. So I'm also, I just thought that was such a cool opportunity because I'm now noticing other places I can put that same mentality is like, okay, look, if it's not fun, and I'm not driven or, or led into that passion by it. Is there something that I can do to get there? Like, is there something I could do to make it fun, to make it something I enjoy? And I think that that's what I've done in my head, even around this big Christmas is like, I'm going to enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy it. Is it like my first pick? Would it be what I've planned? I don't know. Probably not. But I 
I've already planned some stuff in my head where I'm like, oh, I'm really excited to do this with them. Or I'm really excited for that. Like I was most really weird. I'm really excited to make them soup. I'm going to make soup for Christmas Eve. And I'm so excited to make soup. So it's like, maybe I'm not like so excited about having a huge Christmas, but I'm so excited to make soup. So it's like, you know, kind of, I guess. Kind? I need to know what kind. I'm, I'm going to make mushroom soup. Oh, that's do it. I want your mushroom soup. It looks yes. so good. It's so good. Uh, sorry. Like I'm not even being modest. It's so good. And I'm, and I'm sitting so here excited. so hungry. I am also hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, so that's why we're going deep into food. I'm well, and I'm excited that, about Tim. the food aspect of that week. Cause I mean, um, we found something to get excited about. Exactly. Like, yeah. Bryn's dad is going to probably facilitate a lot of like the turkey dinner, but I'm doing Christmas Eve dinner kind of thing. And I've already decided what I'm going to do. And I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited to like make Christmas Eve dinner. Uh, Cause I get to do it in my creative way. So yeah. that's uh, anyways, that's been, know? been one, one way, one way I have worked into it. So, you know, aligning with self and then um, and then nudging, right. Like nudging yourself to be like, well, when are you being like a stick in the mud or, or, cause I also am super fully accountable for being what I call myself a spoiled brat sometimes because I'm there's six years between me and my brother. So I actually feel like I get only child syndrome sometimes because I had a six years where I grew up without a sibling. And then even when I got older, this is how things were treated. I'd be like, we'd be somewhere for doing something with him. And I'd be like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, of course you don't. You're a nine-year-old with a three-year-old. You're not going to want to do three-year-old stuff. So I got, it was always like, yeah, makes sense that you don't want to do this here. Let's find something else for you to do. Or, you know, like, I feel like that was really, I was supported in that way when I was growing up, but it did give me not a lot of like team mentality because, you know, I was always given the option to go do my own thing or often, most often. Right. And so I sometimes have to like parent my self in that and be like, you know what, it today is not about just you. There's a lot of people here and, um, I respect that you might need your space. So like Jen, I, it's like, I have a room in my house that will be my place that I go to that I can like take a moment or like be me or just go and like hide out or just have a moment, read a book, do whatever. I have full permission. And my husband never, ever gives me a hard time about taking those moments for myself either. And I let myself have those moments. Like I don't make myself feel obligated to host, even though we're at my house, my husband is just equally as good of a host. So he can love it. you know, do that too. So I love that. I think too, um, what it sounds like to me. And I just like, love that it's the perception. So when there is something like parenting, that is not a negotiable piece, how can we change the perception of the piece that even like just external environments, there's so many things that happen in our environment that are with not within our control. Like I was saying to you, Tanya, earlier today of like, my daughter's been home for five days and I'm like, I need some space. So I'm going out to sit in a truck by myself in a field. <laughs> because I have been in that role of like much more caregiving than I'm used to caregiving with the age of my children for the last five days. But just like constantly changing the perception of how I was feeling. Like, you know, two days ago, I was trying to get frustrated with it and be like, you can sit here and be frustrated and go into this whole, 
oh, poor me. I'm stuck with my sick kid again. And I've had to reschedule everything again today. Or I had to leave midway through a client call to go pick her up one day and like all of these things. But when I change the perception of it, it doesn't feel as heavy and it's not as gross, right? Like how you were with the weekend and cashed in. It's just like, how can I make this into a fuck? Yes, this feels good. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, I just was listening to a podcast this last week with Carolyn Mice, who's one of my favorite speakers. And she said that, uh, suffering comes from thinking that things in an ordinary life shouldn't happen to you. And I thought, oh, isn't that the gosh darn truth? So even illness is that you sit in your house thinking that this should happen to everyone else, but you, and like, this is an ordinary life. We're all living an ordinary life with ordinary experiences that are both powerful and challenging. And we are the sum total of all those experiences. And so when we shift from this, this shouldn't be happening to me to this is happening to me. And now how am I going, if this was a welcome experience, how would I shift my perception? It's just like taking off your doom and gloom glasses and putting on your sun ones and just seeing the lesson and whatever is there. Humans as a, as a species have developed like heavy, heavy preferences, which keep us in a high state of suffering all the time is what I deem is worthy or good keeps me uh, outrunning what I see as things that scare me or things that I don't want. But what if you just came to this moment and just breathed in this moment that this is me experiencing an ordinary life. I'm having an ordinary life in this moment. There's nothing that, that shouldn't be happening to me. We should do a podcast on the different levels of consciousness. Cause I really got into last year about life happens to me, life happens for me, which is still pretty victim-y, and then life happens by me. And it's really just like changing that perception of like, you're going to have human experiences. We are human, we want to have human experiences, but how are we looking at it as like, well, this is really shitty for me and I'm really tired of this or like- I only want the good experiences. And like just looking at it from a different perspective is so just like feels so different in your body instead of being in that frustration struggle spot. Those struggle spots are meaningful because when we had that hot, hot summer this year, every day was extremely hot. And one of those days would have been so welcome after a cool rain. But when you have that many hot, hot days, which is a normal preference for when you only see about 20 of them a year. (laughs) But when you have that string of hot, hot days, you start to take them for granted. And that's when you hear people say, oh yeah, well, we could sure get out of this heat wave or whatever is that they have forgotten that these other things exist. So life comes and plops those in so that you can still enjoy your full range of being human. It's just like the seasons and just like the weather. Yep. That's totally, I like that as a, as a leaving off point. Does anyone have anything they want to add? Okay. 
Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Spiritual Boss Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Um, Please subscribe. It helps people find us. If you enjoyed the podcast and you have the option on your server to leave a review, that would also be very welcomed. And uh, we love emails. We love input. We love comments. We've heard back from you guys more this season than any other season. And we so appreciate it. It helps give us ideas and it gives us content and it gives us things to discuss, which we appreciate. And in turn, you also get to hear. So it kind of like works, works down the chain. So you can contest, contact us at spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're also on Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. And of course, each of our individual accounts. So feel free to search us. Peace in. Happy holidays. Peace out.